Today is Thursday, October 5th, 2023, and this is Read Through the New Testament. Yeah, greetings. Today we're going to read Matthew 20, verses 1 through 16. Again, this is only half of the chapter we're reading today, so right. make, when you summarize, don't summarize too long, leave space yep. for, tomorrow, for tomorrow when we finish the chapter. Exactly. All right, it's your turn to read. Okay, Matthew 20, verse 1. For the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And going out about the third hour, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace and said to them, and to them he said, you go into the vineyard too, and whatever is right, I will give you. So they went. Going out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour, he did the same. And about the eleventh hour he went over, he went out and found others standing, and he said to them, Why do you stand idle all day? And they said to him, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You go into the vineyard too. And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last up to the first. And when those who and when those hired about the eleventh hour came, each of them received a denarius. Now, when those hired first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received a denarius. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat? But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give this last worker as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? So the last will be first and the first last. Yep. Ties it to the very last verse of chapter 19. Mm-hmm. Said the same thing. Yep. And the only way the last come first and the first will be last is if you tie. You ever think about that? You mean if you Like both in a race and the first get. and the last, you both you tie. So that's the idea here is that all are the mm-hmm. same. Whether work many hours or work only one, just all get salvation who believe in Jesus. Mm. Okay, now we're going to uh, Acts chapter 23. And uh, this has some good stories if you just engage yourself in the literature of what's happening here. Um, They try to... Paul creates this conflict, and uh, there's a plot to kill him, and then he goes to to Felix. So here we go, Acts 23, verse 1. And looking intently at the council, Paul said, Brothers, I have lived my life before God in all good conscience up to this day. And the high priest Ananias commanded those who stood by him to strike him on the mouth because it was an offensive statement to say he's lived in a good conscience till the day. Like, he's a sinner. And then Paul said to him, God is going to strike you, you whitewashed wall. Are you sitting to judge me according to the law and yet contrary to the law you order me to be struck? Those who stood by said, would you revile God's high priest? And Paul said, I did not know, brothers, that he was the high priest. For it is written, you shall not speak evil of a ruler of your people. Although he's the one that Paul said, you're going to sit there and judge me. Mm -hmm. He may have known these high priests, but he wasn't acting like a high priest is what Paul was saying. Mm 
Okay, verse 6. Okay. Now, when Paul perceived that one part were Sadducees and the other Pharisees, he cried out in the council, Brothers, I am a Pharisee, a son of Pharisees. It is with respect to the hope and the resurrection of the dead that I am on trial. And when he had said this, a dissension arose between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and the assembly was divided. Okay, you got to think, why would that cause a division? He's going to explain. Okay. For the Sadducees say that there is no resurrection, nor angel, nor spirit, but the Pharisees acknowledge them all. Okay, Steffi just stepped in, and she's going to take uh, Autumn away. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast, Steffi. Say hi. hi, class. Hi, class. Would you like to read? Sure. How about you do this? How about you pick it up right here? Paul had just said, it's for the hope and trial of the resurrection of the dead that I'm on trial. Go ahead, verse 7. How much do you want me to read? Oh, we'll just stop you. Go ahead. Okay. And when he had said this, a dissension arose between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and the assembly was divided. For the Sadducees say that there is no resurrection, nor angel, nor spirit, but the Pharisees acknowledged them all. Then a great clamor arose, and some of the scribes, some of the scribes of the Pharisees' party stood up and contended sharply, We find nothing wrong in this man. What if a spirit or an angel spoke to him? And when the dissension became violent, the tribune, afraid that Paul would be torn to pieces by them, commanded the soldiers to go down and take him away from among them by force and bring him into the barracks. The following night, the Lord stood by him and said, Take courage. For as you have testified to the facts about me in Jerusalem, so you must testify also in Rome. So he's going to be going off to Rome. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you hang around and you'll get another reading part. Okay, uh. here we go. Okay, I got a thing on him. <laughs> yeah. When it was day, the Jews made a plot and bound themselves by an oath neither to eat nor drink till they had killed Paul. There were more than 40 who made this conspiracy. And they went to the chief priests and elders and said, We have strictly bound ourselves by an oath to taste no food till we have killed Paul. Now therefore you, along with the council, give notice to the tribune to bring him down to you as though you were going to determine his case more exactly and we are ready to kill him before he comes near. Wow, that's a pretty intense yeah. plot that they have to get rid Not of him. Not to eat or drink. And by the way, there's lots of uh, hungry Pharisees who made this plot because... <laughs> It didn't come to pass. Yeah. Okay. Verse 16. Now, the son of Paul's sister heard of their ambush. So he went and entered the barracks and this, told Paul. This would be his nephew. Right. So his nephew like heard about the plot and he was able to go tell Paul about it. So he, he, the nephew saved his life. Yeah. Really. Uh, verse 17. Paul called one of the centurions and said... Take this young man to the tribune, for he has something to tell him. So he took him and brought him to the tribune and said, Paul the prisoner called me and asked me to bring this young man to you, as he has something to say to you. The tribune took him by the hand, and going aside, he asked him privately, What is it that you have to tell me? And he said, The Jews have agreed to ask you to bring Paul down to the council tomorrow as though they were going to inquire somewhat more closely about him. But do not be persuaded by them, for more than 40 of their men are lying in ambush for him, who have been bound themselves by an oath neither to eat nor drink till they have killed him. And now they are ready, waiting for your consent. So the tribune dismissed the young man, charging him, 
Tell no one that you have informed me of these things. Then he called two of the centurions and said, Get ready 200 soldiers with 70 horsemen and 200 spearmen. That would be like 470 people. Protecting Paul. That's a pretty big entourage. That's a lot. To go as far as Caesarea at the third hour of the night. So we're talking 9 o'clock at night. And also provide mounts for Paul to ride and bring him safely to Felix the governor. And he wrote a letter to this effect. Claudius Lysias to His Excellency the Governor Felix. Greetings. This man was seized by the Jews and was about to be killed by them when I came upon them with soldiers and rescued him, having learned that he was a Roman citizen. And, desiring to know the charge for which they were accusing him, I brought him down to their council. I found that he was being accused about questions of their law, but charged with nothing deserving death or imprisonment. And when it was disclosed to me that there would be a plot against the man, I sent him to you at once, ordering his accusers also to state before you what they have testified against him. So the soldiers, according to their instruction, took Paul and brought him by night to Antipatris. And on the next day, they returned to the barracks, letting the horsemen go on with him. And when they, they had come to Caesarea and delivered the letter to the governor, they presented Paul also before him. On reading the letter, he asked what province he was from, and when he learned that he was from Cilicia, he said, I will give you a hearing when your accusers arrive. And he commanded him to be guarded in Herod's praetorium. Mm. All right, so a plot to kill him, and his nephew basically saved him, and Felix the governor didn't want him killed either. 470 soldiers took him down to Caesarea, and then tomorrow... He's going to give his testimony at Caesarea before Felix. Yep. All right. We will see you tomorrow. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye.